Hello there, and welcome to another episode of BG's Broken Records. My name is Bob with my trusty cohort in crime. Gare. Yeah, and I'm pointing at him through a computer screen because we are in two undisclosed locations in Metro Detroit. And that means secret, secret. It means nobody knows where it is. Nobody. Secret. Not even, not even the IRS. So we will, uh, I think we've got something interesting to talk about today because it's not just, it's about music, obviously, because that's what we talk about music. And, uh, but it's, it's about memorabilia. So we'll touch on that in a sec. Is that cool with you, Gare? Sounds good. And hey, Bob, before we go to the intro, what? I just want to announce our newest sponsor, which is <laughs> Wakefield, Sutherland, and Libera out of Gross Point Lawyers. And Wakefield, Sutherland, and Libera helps guide clients through the complicated and challenging areas of estate planning, probate, and trust administration, elder law, business planning, and tax planning. Located in Gross Point Farms, on Kirchival, called Jim. Wakefield, Southern, Sutherland, and Libera. Thank you for being our newest sponsor. Wow. <laughs> we better get a coffee mug out of this stuff. Absolutely. Holy moly. Oh, that means I've got to break into my intro, and then we'll be right back. Hello, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, okay, quiet. That's enough. This is a podcast by my dad and my uncle. They talk... A lot about music, like a lot, a lot. So please sit back and enjoy. I think they are going to start in about 14 seconds. Okay, we're back. Oh my God, are the phones ringing? Uh, the phones ringing off the hook for uh, Sutherland, Lubera, and Wakefield, and. Whoa, I lost Gare. Hold on. Where's Gare? Oh my God. More right here. There you are. Right here. Sorry. Right here. Sorry. Sorry. Mute, mute, unmute, mute, so, unmute. We're, right. We're so close to Canada. Sorry. 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 <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. We've done a lot of top 10 lists. And my thought is we are trying to get the listeners our newest friends to understand us a little better, where we come from, what, what makes us tick, what makes us giggle, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, we're doing a lot of lists of this and that most famous, you know, mo the most famous, famous lists, I guess. So I get a copy, I get a subscription to a magazine called record collector. Now, Gare, I got to tell you, you know what I just got in the mail delivered today? Tease me. What? Do you know what's, you know what's harder to find than original Beatles records? What? Are you paying attention to me? Yes, I am. Okay, here comes the rain. Um, you know what's harder? Kinks albums. 60s Kinks albums are a bear to find on the original Pi label. P-Y-E. That's what you said. Is this from your boy in uh, over across the pond? No, no. I, I, I sent him a text today saying, I don't feel like I'm stepping out on you, but I had to get... I picked up Lola versus the Power Man, Mint Condition... I think it came out of Pennsylvania. Jesus. Paid a few bob for that thing, man. I'm surprised. But, you know, it, it kind of goes back to everything about the kinks. They should have been as big as the Stones. They should have been as big as the Beatles. And for what, you know, they, they got labeled as hooligans and bad influence early on. 
and they never really shook it. Sure, they had some little snippets of popularity, stardom, whatever you want to call it. it their their careers were up. It was up and down. Look, it I mean, was two things. They had that argument with the union, so okay. so the guys wouldn't erect their stages for them. And the other Didn't one was uh, the other one was when you start going to um, uh, Village Green Preservation Society album, like 60, 68, it was very English. The records were very English. And that didn't translate okay. to the U.S. You know, the, the, their one song, which is one of the greatest songs ever written, Waterloo Sunset, I mean, it's about being at the Thames River and people and buses and metro and the tube and all this stuff. You know, somebody in, somebody in Des Moines... Nothing against Des Moines. I've been there. Nothing against Love Des Moines. It. Love it. Great town. Nice people. But I don't see it translating back and forth. Okay, that's by the by. So I picked up a new Kinks album, which is cool. Sorry, I digress. Record Collector Magazine, newest issue, cover is 101 of the most expensive memorabilia ever sold. So I did Gary a favor today, and I gave him... Five million dollars in Monopoly money. And so I, nice of you, Bob. I, you know, I'm I'm a giving person, and I said you can buy anything you want out of this list of 101 items, starting at 101, which is Elvis Presley's millionaire suit, which sold for 81. I'm going to say 81 thousand dollars, but it actually sold for 81 thousand pounds. So you got to multiply that by 1.3109. But we're not going to get into that. We're just going to call it dollars, okay? <laughs> Don't forget, don't forget the 109. <laughs> don't, well, don't forget the exchange rate. I mean, that'll kill you. So what you would imagine is a lot of Beatles stuff. Yeah? Of course. And there is. There is. Beatles guitars, Beatles handwritten music sheets, uh, this, that, and the other thing. So what's the next one that you would think would be up there? Um, Elton, Elton John. Elton John. Elton John's on there. So yeah. number 80, Bernie Toppin's handwritten lyric sheet to uh, your song. Sold it at Bonham's in 2019 for 170,000 pounds, times 1.3109. So that went, and I don't know where that, uh, I don't know who owns that right now. So so we've got Beatles, we've got Elton, we've got, we've got some, a little bit of who. Michael um, Jackson. We've got, got Mike, some... yep, we've got Ma Michael Jackson, a couple of his things, which- Sprinkle of Janice. Uh, Sprinkle of Janice, that's right. Cars, mm -hmm. recording consoles, pianos. Speaking of, speaking of Janice, Go for to it. stop you there. Go for it. So her Porsche is on here, which you and I saw at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Did we? We did, her Go. painted Porsche. Now, there might have been more than one, because at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you got John Lennon's Rolls Royce. You got Janice's Porsche, and it's for auction here. So she she must have had she must have painted more than one, or maybe the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was getting rid of it. I don't know. I, that's one thing that caught me. When what year do we go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Oh boy, oh boy. Because I I don't I got to be honest with you, I don't remember too much about it. We I wasn't that late wild. late 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 nineties late nineties. We I think we got to take a drive down there again. Lennon's Rolls Royce. 1985 sold at Sotheby's for $1.7 million. Lennon's first roller was secondhand, but then he bought, no, wait a minute. John, John's first roller was a secondhand one, but then he bought this Rolls-Royce Rolls Phantom 5 
In June of 65, the first car in the UK to have tinted windows. It was also given the unique Romany Gypsy paint job in the psychedelic summer of 67. It now rests in the Royal BC Museum of Canada. Oh. And I've never okay. been I've never been to BC. So that is number six on the list. 1.7 million pounds. Anything on this list, Gare, that strikes you as a little odd? Oh, you don't you're not talking about the Saturday night fever dance floor, are you? <laughs> that one is pretty kick ass. <laughs> I gotta say. You know <laughs> I like that one. <clears throat> you know what? I'm kinda like, hmm. Sure, if I had the room for it, I'd, I'd bring it down my basement. Well, if sure. your basement didn't leak. Well, it doesn't anymore. Well, there you go. Now, hey, hey, honey, <laughs> look, I just, instead of putting down ceramic tile, let's put down <laughs> John Travolta's floor. Yeah, I know we need a new roof for the house, but I did pick up something <laughs> that we absolutely positively don't need. Okay. And what's the, uh, what's the uh, 888,390 pounds. pounds? Yep. So okay. Saturday Night Fever dance floor, this illuminating dance floor costs 1500 US dollars to make in 77. It was installed in the in the Odyssey <laughs> Disco in Brooklyn, New York. John no, no, 15,000. 15, yeah. You, you could yeah. probably do it right now for 15 grand. John Travolta spent hours rehearsing on it to get the right moves. The dance floor featured prominently in the movie and saw action in the club until 2005. Wow. All right. Now, I, I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm even within six blocks of that of that disco, I'm going in to check out that floor. 100%. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. Yes. And um, I, we would lay down on it and get our pictures. <laughs> I someone on a stepladder. I I just start I just start screaming that the Bee Gees were gods. Okay, so you mentioned Janice's Porsche. So 1965 Porsche 356 Charlie sold at Sotheby's in 2015 for 1.3 million pounds. The blues legend, best known for her work with Big Brother and the Holding Company, paid someone $500 to hand paint the Porsche she bought for $3,500 with butterflies, skulls, mushrooms, and band headshots. At one point, $3,500. Wow. Yeah. At one point, it was painted over, but it was restored to artistic glory in 1990. Hmm. Jeez. Okay. All right. We've covered the dance floor. We covered Janice's Porsche. What else struck you? Well, we've done dance. We've done some cars. Now, there are a ton of cars. Bob, we need to move into guitars, like Dwayne Allman's 57 Gibson okay. Les well, Paul. All right. You're jumping on me here. Fun. Yeah. All right. So... Here's here's a couple that I found a little surprising that that sold for for as much money as they did, and absolutely nothing against the band New Order. No, Num number eighty five, Ian Curtis's Vox Phantom Six Special. And these old Vox guitars are like those. I th I think it was the old teardrop guitar that Brian jo uh, Brian Jones used to play. You remember that one? I do. It's a great looking guitar. The 67 guitar was played by Curtis on several Joy Division dates in 1980, features on, the Heart, and Soul, uh, on Heart and Soul and Closer, as well as the video for Love Will Tear Us Apart. Great tune. Uh, Great tune. It, it was used on a few New Order tracks before being gifted to the by the band to Natalie, the daughter of Ian, the late Ian Curtis. So I, I didn't know he had passed away. So mm -hmm. it sold at Bonhams in 2020 for 162,000 pounds. That surprises me. It's New Order. True, but it's not Jimi Hendrix 
Les Paul or Dwayne Allman's Les Paul or New Order. Sure, you and I know all about them. They they don't. It's 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 not a huge reach. Maybe I, someone's going to call me and and smack me for that one. But it's uh, maybe a huge reach in England. Oh, I don't think I know they. I don't think it'd be a huge reach over there. I think it'd be a huge reach here. Okay, uh, but when you look at the price on that compared to George Harrison's guitar or you know or, old cl- classic rock or number seventy-five Olivia Newton-John's jacket from Greece, <laughs> <laughs> sold it, it via Julian's in twenty nineteen for one hundred eighty-one thousand pounds. The film Greece is all about rock and roll, and this jacket was worn by singer Olivia Newton-John is iconic. It went under the oh yeah I, I like this part. It went under the hammer along with the other John items, including those those in italics, skin tight leggings that went for a hundred and sixty two thousand pounds. Crazy. Okay. Now I wonder if the same guy bought the leggings in the jacket and took it home to his to his partner and said, "Honey, I got you a gift. Oh, and by the way, here's here's a wig." <laughs> <laughs> And some red lipstick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you go put this on? And and I, I and I also fits. and I also bought the John Travolta dance floor too. So we're really going to step on tonight. Oh, that was well, funny. That was that was funny, Garrett. Come on, the dance floor, John funny. Travolta. He was in Greece. You know that. Well, let's go back to so you got the John Travolta dance floor. Yep. Who was it? It was um, Siskel, Siskel and Ebert, who owned the white suit from Saturday Night Fever. Oh, I don't know. He, I believe Gene Siskel owned that. I don't, obviously he's passed on. Originally. Didn't Roger die too? Yeah. Yeah. Remember he, he was in bad shape. He had like uh, um, jaw cancer or something. It was not pretty, but anyways, I digress. I will look that up and send it to you again today. Like I did yesterday with all the base info. Um, But I'm pretty sure Gene Siskel originally owned it. And I don't know if he still does. Well, touching on that real quick, uh, and I know I sent you a text uh, about this, but podcast number, I don't even know what number on, but the one we did yesterday about um, the bass players. I went to uh, my guitar lesson, sat down with my teacher without batting an eyelash. I said, uh, who's your favorite bass player? He looked at me, he goes, Jamerson. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. Nice. All right, so back to the memorabilia. Number 72, the Stamps Tour Bus. Who, who are the Stamps? Ooh, are those the no wa- are those the Woggles? I mean, are, I, are they like a Disney thing? No, they're they're Elvis's backup band. So the tour bus never sold, knew that sold it sold for two hundred thousand pounds in twenty fifteen. Presley bought this for his backing vocalist, the Stamps, led by member J D Sumner. I've heard that name in seventy six, and had it decked out with his TCB taking care of business logo. It sold with oh, the original, right. yeah. It sold with the original registration and signed twenty five thousand dollar Presley check that covered the down payment. Wow! Now, anybody out there, if you if you ever go to Memphis, if you ever go to anywhere in the western part of Tennessee and you don't go to Graceland, you're a fool. It's not a massive mansion. They do a phenomenal job of a tour, even uh, though it's a self-guided tour with, with little recorders and you're listening through a, a pair of headphones. It is, I wasn't an Elvis fan when I walked in. I had so much respect for the guy when I walked out the door. It was amazing. On my, on my bucket list. And then isn't the Lisa Marie plane across the street? Yep. Plus, plus he's got a couple cars over there, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. It looks pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. 
So we've covered a few things there that we found were odd. Now, I'm not saying odd, just, okay, they commanded a big dollar, like, you know, her leggings. Again, that one kind of stumps me. Okay, Garrett, you're going to market with the money that, the money that I gave you. Give yes. me the first few things you're buying. Well, Bob, you know me, it's all cars. Okay. I'm buying, I'm buying, uh, I think I told you, I'm going to go with uh, Keith Richards Bentley. I'll is, take, uh, is that the blue, I'll take, is that the blue one? The blue one, yeah. I'll hold, take Janice's Porsche. Okay, hold on, hold um, on, hold on. Oh, are you adding up my, uh, no, <laughs> yeah, I should. I don't want you getting, <laughs> I don't want you getting too crazy. No, I want to read about it for, for everybody. Okay. Oh, let's no, start with uh, Keith Richards Bentley, no, 65. Number 23, Keith Richards Bentley, 65, 763,000 pounds, sold at Bonhams in uh, 2015. Richards bought this S3 Continental Flying Spur in October of 65. Mm. Oh, my, oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. I can tell you how many years ago that was, uh, but I won't. <laughs> Um, and named it the Blue Lena in homage to singer Lena Horn. Okay. He, he sold it in 78. It was only one of 68 right-hand drive versions made. And so it became sought, uh, it became a sought after car, uh, as well as. Man, that looks like it's in great shape. Wait too. a minute. Right-hand versions made. And so it became sought after by car as well as, oh, Rolling Stones enthusiasts. I get it. Okay. Dude, you're already. I mean, you're 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 at seven hundred and sixty-three. Okay, give me the next and one. What's my num What's my number? Two point five. Yeah. Let, well, oh, I'll cause... give you. I'll give you three million. Let's cut it back from five million. Oh, okay. So then, Janice's Porsche. We already talked about that. And what was that? 1. That's one point three. So you, you're actually at two million. So you only have a million to spend. Oh, all right. Hang on. How much is? Well, give me a little bit over because I want Paul McCartney's Aston Martin, and that's. That's one point three. Come oh, on. Man, that on my What's nose. another three hundred thousand? Among friends. <laughs> so okay, so that's one point three seven million. Okay, so you, you picked up three cars. Yeah. You're up. I well, I don't want to bring you down, and I know I'm going to when I do this. Insurance. You can insure these uh, things? Well, of course I am. If I can afford to buy them, I can afford to insure them. Well uh, next I'll, thing you're gonna say I gotta pay tax on them. Oh no, no, no. We don't do that. Because that's paying taxes is illegal. Correct. So I'm just kidding. Okay. So I go through this list. Two things jump out of me absolutely right away. Number 87, Paul McCartney's Hofner violin bass. McCartney famously used this German made uh, guitar since 1961 and was presented to him. Wait a minute. And was presented with this one by the company in 1964. They only made three of them for him. Uh, and this one was seen in the recent Get Back documentary. So that's 151,000 pounds. So that's my first purchase. My second purchase, you've already mentioned it, is Dwayne Allman's Les Paul. Dwayne oh. Allman's 57 Gibson Les Paul gold top guitar uh, sold via a website called Gotta Have Rock in 2019, 755,000 pounds. This was Dwayne's go-to guitar during his early years with the Allman Brothers Band at studio recordings and for his work with Eric Clapton on the Layla album Sessions in 70. Allman traded it for a cherry, for a Les Paul cherry sunburst a few weeks later, sweetening the deal for Rick Stein of the Stone Balloon with $200 in a Marshall amp. So he trades this thing and gives some guy $200 and a Marshall amp for a, a cherry burst Les Paul. Wow. That's, I yeah. love those stories. So we've got the violin bass. We've got Dwayne's guitar. I'm going, I'm going back 
to the low end where I see I can buy more stuff because I'm buying cheaper stuff. I'm going well, to, and let's not forget, I have three cars with two of them with good trunks to help you carry my, all, all your my stars out yeah, of there. Yeah, good point. See? Good point. See? Good point. Okay, I'm going back to number 97. Dave Davies, Gibson, 19, uh, 1958 Gibson Flying V Carina guitar. So hard to get oh, these things nowadays. If, I, I, Flying Vs, I don't play guitar. I always thought they were the coolest looking guitar. Oh, Gibson. So, so I'm listening to a book that compares Gibson and and, and uh, Fender, and this was this was a real reach for for Gibson, because they had just come out. Fender had just come out with a Stratocaster, and Gibson okay. wanted to make something that was futuristic. But we're running up at 23 minutes, so I got to get my buying through. The Kinks guitarist bought this in '65, deploying it live and in the studio and on TV shows like Shindig. Davies was one of the first to play the German, oh, sorry, the Gibson Flying V, which led to an upsurge in popularity. He owned this one until 1992. And supposedly, wow. supposedly you can still see Dave Davies walking around uh, Muswell Hills. Really? So, yeah, kind of just cruising around, you know? Hmm, interesting. All right, now this one, dude, had to do it. Michael Shreve, drummer for Santana, the Ludwig okay. drum set that he played at Woodstock. Oh. Okay. What, he Looking was, at he it was right now, 16, very cool. He was 16 or 18 years old. Something like, he. Uh, I want to say 16, Six, but yes. Yeah, he was super young. Uh, Shreve was Santana's drummer and used this kid at Woodstock on 16 August 1969, during which he battered out a legendary 10-minute drum solo on Soul mm -hmm. Sacrifice. He played mm -hmm. the same kid on Santana's first two seminal albums. You know who was a big Santana fan? Oh. Older brother, mine. The oldest. Really? Yep. Big Santana fan. It's got like five or six Santana albums did, downstairs. Did not know that. Yep. I saw them, God, how many times I saw them at Pine Knob back in the day. They always played Pine Knob and it was fun. Yeah. Uh, I would. Okay. Yeah, that was. So, so I'm at, I'm only at a million one. So you, you bought uh, McCartney's uh, DB5, you monkey. All right. right. So, so then oh. I, I'm going to have to go with Lennon's Ferrari, his, uh, the right-hand drive four-seater 330GT was the first car that Lennon bought in 1965. It cost him 6,500 bucks. Lennon chewed through 20,000 miles in the next three years before selling it in October of 67. Many owners later, it was sold with Lennon's service history. So that's 400,000 pounds. Look how clean that car is. Yeah. That no, is cool That car. thing is gorgeous. What did I say? I'm at one, one, uh, four. You're at, yeah, I, you're at one. Yeah, yeah. I can't get, I can't get the DB5 because you bought it. I'm going to get right. Len Lennon's lyrics to A Day in the Life at 840,000 pounds. Okay. Kicking it up now. Okay. Now I I'm going to tell you, it was either the Santana drummer's drum set or Neil Peart's drum set. Oh. Did you see that thing? Well, Neil Perth, or however you say it, you got to go with the Santana drum set, even uh, though that that Rush one's pretty fat with the two bass drums yeah, with yeah, Rush. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. You know, I'll even give you a little more money if you want to get them both. I understand. <laughs> well, thanks for that. I mean, it's I'm only a hundred really generous. <laughs> yeah, you must, what's a hundred thousand amongst friends? Come right, on. Right, right, right. Pound, um, pounds. Okay, you know what? Um, Forget the lyrics. I got this one. I'm going to go with this instead. 
So this is, this is, uh, and you don't equate Bob Dylan to a Fender Stratocaster, and I'm only getting Dylan's because there's no Clapton Strats in here, because he sold, I think he sold 88 of them to raise money for that foundation he's got. I remember that, yeah. This is, yeah, so this is the guitar that he walked out on stage with, the band sitting behind him at the Newport Folk Festival when he went electric, and he oh. played three songs and just got booed to the hilt. That so was a big deal. Yep. yep. Sold at Christie's in 2013 for three quarters of a million pounds. The Sunburst model used by uh, by an amplified Dylan at the Newport Folk Festival uh, in 65 was, oh, oh, check this out. So he played it at the festival. It was left on a private plane used by Dylan and his band. The crew tried to return it through his management. And when they did not want to know, the pilot kept it. Oh, can Whoa. you can you imagine? No. So so, what's the biggest thing you found? Did you find somebody's watch on on your plane? No, I I found Bob Dylan's first electric guitar. He played live on stage at Newport. Which da, da, da. seriously? No, even better yet. I found this guitar. I found a guitar. Yeah. Whose is it? I don't know. I've been hauling Dylan and the band around. One of those guys. I don't know. Jesus. I just put it in the basement. Yeah. So we'll scratch the lyric. I'm going all guitars and drum sets. And in Lennon's in Lennon's Ferrari, I'm running out of room in my cars. Yeah, but okay. That's that's why I bought one. That's what I've got. You know, check out this magazine, people. It's pretty good. Record Collector Magazine. It comes over from the UK. You can get a subscription. Um, Very they, cool. They do a ton of reviews. They tell you which ones are valuable. I mean, I think there's 130, 130 record reviews. It's pretty good. Oh wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Everyone's going to ask two things. What was the most expensive thing on this on this list? And I'm going to tell oh. you. Kurt Cobain's acoustic guitar. It's a Martin guitar that he jerry-rigged. It's a D18E uh, that he played on the MTV Unplugged performance in 93. So mm. that, that went for 4,530,000 pounds in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. The freakiest thing in gear, I thought you were going to I, I thought you were going to buy this one. The Michael Jackson Bubbles statue. Well, it was between that and the glove, and I didn't know which one to pick. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Bubbles sold at Sotheby's in 2001 for th 2001. 3.8 million pounds. Jeff Koons is an internationally famous artist who works whose work sells for millions. In 1988, as part of his Banality series, he made three life-size porcelain figures covered in gold leaf of Michael Jackson and his chimp, Bubbles. They are in museums in Oslo and San Francisco. Kunz's 1986 rabbit sculpture sold for $91 million in 2019. So that makes yeah. Bubbles worth more today. Okay, Gary, are you looking at that picture? Dude, uh, yes. If, if you walked in the house, could you imagine? Hey, honey, look, no. I got this life-size statue of Michael Jackson, all white, with bubbles the chimp and gold leaf. Yeah, no, I, I'm good. I think it'd be ta-ta. Oh, my God. Completely. Yep. Completely. Hey, folks, I, ho I hope we kept you entertained. Uh, this one flowed pretty fast. Um, I can't believe we've been in 30 minutes. Thanks for hanging out with us. And, Gare, when we're done... When we get off this, I might uh, talk to you about trading uh, something for a George Harrison guitar, but we can talk that off about that off air, okay? Offline. 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 Yes. We're going to take off. Uh, we'll be back in a week, and we will uh, come up with something fun to chat about.
See ya. See you later. Thanks. Bye.